She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. What the F double F F is wrong with this family? Damn, this family is fucking weird. Theory. Everybody's tripping on mushrooms. They fuck their cousins. Cool. That house is more a character than the elevator in Grey's Anatomy. That could be like the summary of this book. Weird shit. You want more of us? We'll give you more of us. Hey. Hey, you. So what do you think of our fancy new music I found for this month? Uh, yeah, I mean, spooky music. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it works. It works with the theme. So, I mean, I don't really know what you would do for band books music. So <laughs> Silence. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, how's your week been? I forgot to wear eyebrows yesterday, and... (laughs) Oh, middle schoolers are mean! Middle schoolers are mean! So I I follow a few, like, vloggers that are, like, makeup artists and Mm -hmm. do the, you know, makeup tutorials, and I don't know why, because I... I don't know. I mean, I like makeup a lot. Like, I Uh do. So um, I just don't know why I follow them, but... I have one that I really, really like, and um, I was watching one of her videos, and she was talking about how she puts her foundation on after she does her eyes, because then she doesn't get, like, the drops of, like, uh, eyeshadow, and it gets into her foundation. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to try that. So she calls it fallout. So I started doing that this week, but now that I'm doing things out of the normal order and routine... I didn't realize I didn't have my eyebrows on. I like I thought I looked weird. Like I was looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I don't really look like myself. But it was early. It was early. Like I get I get up at five thirty to be to school on time. And so I was like, Oh, it's fine, you know, whatever. I've just I've had a garbage week and I'm garbage and whatever, it's fine. (laughs) And then I made it like through like three hours of the day and I was like, Oh, so I don't have eyebrows. That's (laughs) That's why I look like this. And and yeah, middle schoolers are uh, little judgmental meanie meanie heads. I mean, they were they were actually kind of nice about it, but it was sort of like, why do you look this way? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I have been blessed excessive genes. I've been blessed to get the option to choose my own adventure when it comes to eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah. So, our first TikTok went up this week as well. Yay! We're on TikTok now! Everybody go follow us. Which, April's already quit. Yes, so <laughs> I uh, joined TikTok so that I could share our stuff and quickly realized that that's not how TikTok works, and that's dumb, so I quit. <laughs> um, I do not get it. I, like, watched a few videos, and I was like, wow, this is really, like... I mean, I'm sorry we're on this platform now, so please go and, like, right. like us and share it. I got it under control, whatever. gang. I got but, it under control. But, like, I, it's toxic. Like, it's not, it's not good. I did not like what I saw. And I, I mean, other than, like, you know, going and watching Hank Green videos. But, like, um, so, yeah, I quit within an hour. I watched, like, I set it all up and then I watched a few videos and, like, texted you, like, how the hell do I share our video? And I'm texting my friend Megan. Hi, Megan. I love you. Um, and I, I quit. 
And Megan reminded me that I quit TikTok faster than I quit uh, Twitter. Um, <laughs> I lasted on Twitter about three hours. Uh, my profession is very liberal minded. We've talked about that before. Right. And I'm a conservative. And so some of the librarians on Twitter kind of attacked me. And I was like, oh, and I'm done with Twitter. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I um, You're I, like, peace out. I'm done. Um, so I just, Facebook is like my jam. Like I like Facebook. Um, well, it's a simpler application. Yeah. I'm There's, old. So. And like TikTok has, sorry about my headphones. TikTok has like all these like weird, like you can stitch something, you can do edit, you can do this, you yeah, can do this. I don't this. get it. There's like so many options to interact with a video that it's hard to figure out where to start. I do need my students to kind of teach it to me because like we're going to be doing a unit because like I, I teach a class on media. And mm-hmm. so when we do that uh, at the end of the semester, I promise them if they get through all the hard stuff, I would do like new media. And so TikTok is going to be part of it. And I'm just yeah. going to have them teach me TikTok. And Which then, would be, you know, that's a great project for them as a group well, it's, to be like, explain TikTok like you're talking to your grandma. <laughs> and here's the thing. Um, it's higher level learning to ask students to do the teaching. So I'm actually going to be like high level teaching and it's going to be a rock star moment. And then I don't actually have to learn how to use TikTok because that was terrible. (laughs) I hated it so much. Oh, as much as you hate this week's book. Um, I didn't hate this week's book. I didn't. (laughs) I didn't uh, hate it. So, besties, uh, we're in spooky season. Last week Yay. we did Frankenstein. And, <laughs> <laughs> and this week is Mexican Gothic by Silvia Morano Garcia. Which, what the ever? This book is trippy, boo-boo. What the F, double F, F is wrong with this family? What <laughs> the is- F? Like... <laughs> What in the world? Uh, do you want to do a synopsis before we get into our conversation? Yeah, sure. I'll, although I have to say, I didn't realize you had the physical book. I read the audio book. Um, um, I bought the phys- I bought the physical book because I wanted it in my um, collection. But I also heard there was an old horror cover in it. Oh, and is there? Look how beautiful <gasps> that is. If you're on YouTube, check this out. It is gorgeous. It is. I, I mean, beautiful. I like the cover. I like the original cover, too. I think it's very, very beautiful. The original cover is gorgeous. But this classic horror cover Yeah, that is, is straight gorgeous. So yeah. um, I also had it because I wanted to tag different pages. And yeah. I also wanted to have Beth read it because sister loves the books, you know? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's not one that I wanted to add to my collection just because this isn't my genre. But right. I, I did read the audiobook. So, okay, I, so. I, I, I like the audiobook a lot, too. But, okay, so uh, synopsis. So, Mexican Gothic is set in the 1950s in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Our leading na- lady, Naomi, lives in Mexico City with her fi- family. Her father gets a letter from her cousin, Catalina, or and her cousin's fiancé, Virgil. It's, like, simultaneous. It's a weird, like, combo of telegrams right. and letters. Um, and in the letters, we learn that Catalina isn't well mm-hmm. and Naomi's father bribes her to go and check on her cousin in the countryside of Mexico. Right. Um, a bunch of weird shit happens. So let's weird get shit. into it. Weird shit. Weird shit. Weird shit. Okay. That could um, be like the summary of this book. Weird, weird shit. shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I want to start with, I think one of our key 
conversation points throughout mm-hmm. this is is she a heroine? So let's start yeah. there. Is Naomi a heroine? All right, so I I think she is. I mean, ultimately she's one of she's the only character in the book that doesn't like fall under um the possession for lack of a better word right. of whatever those shrooms were. I what did they call them? Um sport they, it was mushrooms, but it was but, like I don't. But know. they call he called them something specifically, and now I can't remember. But, um, but uh, she's the only one that didn't fall under that. No. So, like, I mean, she's like the hero, right? I mean, she's right. the one like saves the day. I mean, even like, um, her cousin was under that influence, and even like but her body, um, like her cousin couldn't handle it. That right. was the reason her cousin was getting so sick. Is her cousin couldn't handle? I mean, all the I crap. But I do think it's a little weird that, like, um, I think it's weird that she was able to fight it because, oh, the gloom. That's what they call it, the gloom. I think it's weird that she was able to fight it because, like, the gloom had a higher concentration and involvement with her than it did with Catalina. Like, Noemi was... Um, really under the control of it from like yeah. jump, like it well, got her from the beginning. When I first started reading it, I thought that was just like she was tripping balls because of black mold in her bedroom, and there was yeah. no ventilation. Like, so as I'm reading it, uh, besties, I actually texted Molly and I was like, "Theory, everybody's <laughs> tripping on mushrooms." I mean, there are a lot of references to mushrooms. Like, it's right. not just like right uh, what's um, growing in the walls and the gloom. Um. Uh, Francis is picking Francis, in the in the graveyard. Yeah, they, they talk and, about how they take spore samples throughout. Like they're right, and there's mushrooms in like every one of their meals, and like yeah. the cleaning, the cooking and cleaning staff is always like cleaning mushrooms and cooking mm-hmm. mushrooms, and like like there's a lot of references to mushrooms. So like it was definitely like foreshadowing. Oh, this is that part this of is, their re- religion, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um fucking weird uh but yeah i mean i definitely think she's a hero um she's sort of like i i uh in my notes i write um she's ultimately the only person in this book who with the ability to fight the mushroom power like some sort of princess peach badass um and like that's how i felt about it like she's not gonna i mean she it it did the gloom did you know overtake her at times but she was able to fight it and i mean she even saved francis from that right maybe possibly Right. I have have thoughts on that. I have thoughts on that, too. Um, So, I agree with all this, by the way. Um, I think she is a heroine. uh, But I have one more question for you. Yeah. Is she boy crazy, or do you think it's a product of the time? No, I don't think she's boy crazy. Like, she doesn't have any ambition to get married. Like, that's not her thing. She wants to go to school. Um, there's even that boy that she's like seeing before she leaves, but she's like, I don't want him to think we're serious because we ain't like, I'm not writing to him because he can't get ideas. But she's constantly consuming her time with talking about if these men in her past like her, if they don't like her, what they could do for her, if they're marriage material. I, I think she's boy crazy, but it's a product of the time. So, I mean, I think maybe that discussion is just a product of her age and maybe the product of the time. But, like, 
she doesn't want to to sacrifice what she wants for them. Right. Which I don't, which right. I, I, I think which that is makes her the opposite of boy right. crazy. Which is completely out of the box for somebody in this era. Absolutely. And not just talking about the 1950s. Like we're talking about the 1950s in Mexico where mm-hmm. women didn't even have the right to vote yet, which I mean, I didn't know that, but I learned that from this book. Right. Um, so like her life was whatever daddy says and then whatever mm-hmm. husband says. So, I mean, I don't think, I don't think she's boy crazy. I think she's actually fighting against that. Um, she does go to help Catalina because her dad agrees to let her go to school. Right. And like for right. her, that's what she wants. Right. So and I also think in some ways she might just be a little flighty. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think that's boy crazy, but like, she doesn't but really know what she wants to do. Eight, how her age, you know, cause she's, right. you know, right. Like, it's really absolutely young. And, yeah. She's well, um, like in her early twenties probably. Yes. Uh, I think exactly. I think she's in her early twenties. She wants to, I think she was talking about getting her master's, right? Yeah. And anthropology, which like, what a case study. (laughs) Right. And I really think she's a very bright girl, but Mm -hmm. I think she's very young. And I think it's written in the writing. You see it when she talks about her clothes. She's really Mm -hmm. into her clothes. She's really like, she's really obsessed with smoking. I don't know if she thinks it's a sign of status or if it's Well, that probably is. I mean, you think about the 1950s. If you're smoking, you were cool. If it's just... I mean, it was obviously an addiction, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different things that symbolize her, who she is as a person without talking Mm -hmm. about her directly. Yeah. You know? Uh, So, since we're talking about that, the setting... Uh, what did you think of the choices to set this in Mexico in the 1950s? Because it's not traditionally a horror setting yeah. or a thriller setting, right? Yeah, so I thought it was really a, an interesting choice. Um, I had a hard time knowing what time period we were. I mean, I right. guess they probably told us, but like I kept listening. It took a going while to get there, right? Yeah, I did. I, all I knew was like, t- based on like the way she was dressing, but like, who knows? Because like the 1950 style dresses are still in. Like I own several like skirts yeah. and dresses that are very 50s esque. Um, but uh, it was definitely a choice. Um, I didn't realize until I read the article that you posted in our like discussion notes, and we'll yeah. definitely link that below. Um, that this this uh, house is based on a real house. Right. And a real place. And I mean, right. obviously, well, let's hope they weren't like cannibal mushroom snorters. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> cannibal mushroom snorters. Not That's for everyone. Synaps- not for everyone. <laughs> That's like the synopsis of this book. Everyone is a cannibal mushroom snorter. But, um, but yeah, I thought that was an interesting choice. Um, I definitely think, uh, calling it Mexican Gothic, um, you can play with that timeline whenever right. you want. Um, I mean, I thought it was an interesting choice. I don't know that like it was the best choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you could set it more past. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Do you think this would this storyline would work differently in a different time frame or different setting? Yeah. So I think further back in time, like, like we're not like we're not really that far from the fifties. I mean, I would say turn of the century, early 1900s would be where I would put it, like not the mid 1900s. Um, 
to me that that just is a better setting for some sort of like gothic horror. Right. Um, but again, this isn't my genre. And like, I mean, Stephen King's writing books that are taking place today and they scare the, right. I don't even want to read them. They're so scary. I, so I, I found this, I found it refreshing after, yeah. I mean, Stephen King really has the corner pegged on modern day horror, right? Modern right. day thrillers. And there, you know, you have the traditional, and then something like this comes around, and you don't get this very often. You don't right. get this pace. You don't get this storyline. You don't get Sylvia Morale, Moron. Ah! Sylvia Moran Garcia. I am so sorry, hon. Nailed it, I think. I think it's Moreno. 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 Garcia. Moreno. I think she's really nailed it, especially trying to set a pace and change in a horror lane. I so, dig it. I wouldn't call it horror, though. Yeah, I, it's this more is a suspense. to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's when you think of gothic, you're not necessarily thinking like horror. You're thinking more along the lines of Frankenstein. So it's like a right. little creepy, right? Right. Um, Which isn't even in it's a horror category. It's a romantic right. novel. <laughs> well, but you find it at Barnes & Noble in the horror section, folks, because that's where I had to go. Um, but I, so I also like that this book takes place in another country that isn't Europe. Right. Like, I feel like a lot of scary books when they don't take place in America, they are in Europe. Mm -hmm. Um, and this being a Mexican city, I thought that was an interesting choice. I have to share with you my least favorite part about this audiobook, and it was not the text. I actually didn't hate this book. Like, this is obviously not my genre. We've said that before. Right. I know it's more it's more your speed, um, but it's not mine. Uh, but I didn't hate this one. I thought it was really well written. I liked the pace of it. Like, I thought it kept a good right. pace. Um, I felt like it was creepy enough that I could, like, get involved but not hate it. Um, but I did not like the narrator of the audiobook. I really took issue with the narrator of the not audiobook. You set this book in 1950s Mexico. Right. And half the characters are British. Right. Which I didn't even realize there were British implants in Mexico. Like, I didn't know that. Um, but the narrator could not do a British accent very well. Mm -hmm. And everyone had a British accent. And she used Noemi's voice was an American accent. Yeah. And I'm really bothered by that. Like, I'm thankful that they picked a Latina woman to narrate the book like thank you for picking someone who represents the character but I wanted to hear a Mexican accent right like I wanted to hear that because that is what Noemi would sound like right and I was really bothered by that right. um and I don't know if they were the the publishing of the audiobooks were concerned that like I think um, they wanted to reach a broader range and there are people that judge things based off of people's accents. Yeah, but they're so, not going to read a book called Mexican Gothic anyway. You never know. But I don't know. It just bothered me. I wanted to hear a Mexican accent. Yeah. That's what I wanted to hear. Right. Um, and yeah, I just, I was bothered by that. Um, there's no reason that 1950s Noemi in Mexico sounds Would have American. had a modern day American <laughs> Mexican a Mexican-American no. accent? No. Yeah. No. She didn't have any sort of accent. She sounded American. Right. Like, she didn't even sound like someone who was born in another country and then, like, 
raised here in America or was raised in a Latinx family and Mm -hmm. has a bit of an accent. She had no accent at all. You know what I'm talking about because you live in Texas. Right. So, you know, there are people in, there are people in Texas who are Mexican who are raised in Mexican families, even though they have been born in this country and they've lived in this country for generations and they still have an accent. She had no accent. uh, Houston has such a diverse uh, Hispanic community in general. There are so many people from South America there are yeah. so many different accents right. that um, it's, you know, it's one, they're, they're fluid because of all the families eventually mm-hmm. having cl- come together in the community that is Houston, but right. I lost my train of thought. You're right. I forgot to do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that is my big for this book. I did not like the book accents. Uh, so is the house a character itself? Oh, 100%. That house is more a character than the elevator in Grey's Anatomy. Like, <laughs> straight a character. Literally, the house is alive. So. Right. It is, it, it is feeding off them. It is, yeah. like, consuming their thoughts and. It, right. And it's, it's literally it's growing because it's these mushrooms that are like spores and they're growing. But it's right. also, we find out at the end of the book that it's attached to like a woman's brain. So like, right, it's literally. It was, which wife? It was the first wife, right? Right, right. It was the, the first, first wife. wife. Okay. So let me clarify though. Was, okay. Cause I can't remember if this was right. So he came back, the creepy old cannibal dude came back with a wife who was Mexican from this like native Mexican community, Victor, right? Yes. And right he came Victor. and he he came back with a wife who was a part of this Virgil. Yes. Virgil. Virgil he, yeah. went to Mexico City to find a wife. No, 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 not him. The old man. The old dude. Okay. Yeah. The old dude married his cousin. Yeah, but before and then that his cousin's sister. Yeah, but before that, didn't he marry the woman who's actually in the grave? Wasn't she um like he went to the people who like were. Are you Sorry, are you are you buzzing me? Like are no. you mad? At me? I hit it on accident. I went to go grab the book. Wow. Um. So no, he goes to he goes no, to I the. That uh, was the first wife, the cousin wife. So yes, I think his first wife was the cousin. Oh yeah, that makes more sense because that's why I her think, grave says mother. Yeah, because she's the mother. Of, okay, that makes more sense. I, think, I got confused because didn't he bring a woman back with him from the? Yeah, but she fleed. I think. No, no, that was Virgil's first wife. Okay. Damn, this family is fucking weird. Well, and they've been alive for like three hundred years. Yeah. So and like he's gonna me... transplant his body into freaking. Yeah. Anyway. So and I, I thought that was a good plot twist, by the way, that it was Francis's body that he was going to overtake yeah, and not Virgil's. Francis. Because um, I thought so, for sure Francis was, like, a good guy. Like, I was right. wanting to root for him. But I feel like, okay, how do you feel about the Doyle family? Since we're talking about them, what, as characters, how do you feel about them? I mean, they're disgusting. Right. I mean, they're, they're disgusting. They, they inbreed? Yes, so they, they inbreed... They, they use science as a reason. Yeah. 
Well, it's not science. It's um, immortality. It's well, he talks um, about genetics and like strong genes and that shit. Whatever. You know, whatever, whatever. That's bullshit. Um, that sounds like somebody who is trying to justify rationalize their behavior, their yeah. psychotic behavior. Uh, they're cannibals. I mean, they're eating baby, dead babies yep. after they're born. Yep. Um, which, because the babies aren't surviving because they're marrying their cousins and their sisters and things. And, like, yep. so, of course, these babies are dying. Sister cousin. Um, because the second wife was his wife's cousin, sister. Yeah, gross. <laughs> gross. And he's, gross, like, gross. older than molasses. He can't even get out of bed. This he's day. 300 years old. Right. He's that old. He's, the reason he's in poor shape, though, is because his daughter shot him. Right. I mean. Which, I mean... And tried to kill, tried to kill everyone. She's haunting that house, right? I got that right. Mm -hmm. She's haunting that house. On Mm -hmm. top of the house being a living organism as a store, she's haunting the fucking house. Well, Frances (laughs) explains it as her not actually haunting the house, but she lives in the memories which the house controls. And I think the fact that the house is supposed to be connected to the wife's brain... That's how all those memories can live in right, there. But because, like, yeah. they literally describe this woman like floating in the, um, in like the mushroom haze aura, or whatever, yeah, whatever. And they describe her like her eyes are gone. Like, I mean, she's decayed. It's been like a few yeah. hundred years. So how is her brain still functioning? Mushroom. Like, I don't even. I don't. I don't even need to ask <laughs> Nurse Katie if that would work. It does not work. That's not how this works. Hashtag sci-fi. So. <laughs> Is Francis a redeemable character by the end of this book? I think Francis, like, honestly, I wanted him and Noemi to get together. I could tell from the beginning that he, like, loved her, like, jump. He was like, she got in the car and he was like, yep, that's the one for me. However, I like that there's this vagueness to the ending that it's sort of like, oh, but he might not be able to escape this. Like, it it might still control him. The book is definitely open-ended. Right, but I, I do. I read in that article that you posted that she is not planning to make a sequel. Like that's it. Right, it's supposed to end like that. And I like that. I like that she's like, you know what? I'm gonna leave it out there because that actually makes it scarier, right? That makes it scarier. Right. And like, I think I have a question about this, but I think Naomi has a true, true feelings for Francis. I think so. Mm-hmm. And um. I think it's real and I think um that she has this need to fix others. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. Francis is broken. Yeah. Right? And that is like her being like, it's okay, we're gonna go see my dad. He's gonna help us work this out. Right. right? And I feel like that's her saying it's not a big deal, it's not it's fine. And even though Francis mm-hmm. is like super worried. Well, I mean, I think it's comforting that Francis is worried about it. Like, you are owning your shit, basically, you know? Right. You, if you, I, I can't remember who it was, but somebody, I, w- I was worried I was being a bad mom, like, when I first became a mom, right? I, mm-hmm. We all have those fears. And, oh, it was Dawn, my other best friend. And um, and she said, you know, you know how you know you're a good mom? Because you're worried you're not a good yeah, mom. Yeah. yeah. Like, the fact that he's worried that this might still control him, even though he wants to fight against it. And even though um, he loves Noemi, um, I, I think like that, that proves that he wants to be better. Um, but 
I, I like, I mean, technically, are they married now? I mean, I was that know. a real like, marriage? Like, are they I, really married? Like, I have <laughs> legality questions about that. Like, yeah. I mean, it was against her will, although I think she does care for Francis. I don't think she was ready for marriage. Marriage. Is anybody even qualified to marry them? And I don't think Francis was, I mean, Francis really digs her, but Mm -hmm. I think he was marrying her because the uncle said he had to, right? His mom said he had to, right? Go along with the plan until you can escape the plan, right? Right. It's a matter of dealing with the situation at the very least they've never consummated their marriage because instead of doing that victor tried to rape her so who is disgust god oh, victor. virgil's gosh. the worst virgil, virgil not victor virgil, virgil. sorry so man um, i'm sorry i'm off my game because we just tonight. did victor frankenstein last week <laughs> yeah i'm off my game besties i'm sorry it's okay <laughs> this book brings a whole new meaning to the term magic mushrooms oh gosh do you feel like this being a part of the storyline is original? I think it is. I mean, I don't know. Usually when we think of like mushrooms being a part of a story, I would think fantasy. Right. Right. Or like, yeah. Or like a, a, or a coming Super of Mario age Brothers. story. Where, <laughs> or a coming of age story where like they're doing mushrooms to like trip balls and like see yeah. other worlds. But also, that was a plot on Grey's Anatomy this week. <laughs> yes, it was, indeed. Um, I, I think it was an interesting choice. It was definitely different. It was original. And, yeah. And I think um, the way that mushrooms grow and flourish when they shouldn't, it's definitely very right. symbolic of this family. Right. Like, they're, right. they should they, not. They yeah. should not exist. But for some mm-hmm. reason, without mm-hmm. lightness, without... Without food or water and in the dark and muck, they still survive. And it mm-hmm. is definitely a comment to the Doyle family. And I think uh, the Uroboros is a hint to the whole incest thing, right? Because the, the, Uro- the Uroboros, the uh, the family seal. Is, oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. I, I couldn't a, remember what it was. The I couldn't remember what that was. But yeah, the, it's like the snake eating the snake. Oh, is there a picture of it in the book? Oh. It's a snake. Is it focusing? Yeah. I mean, I can't see it, but I'm sure it's focusing. It's a snake eating its own tail, but it's like in knots. It's like. Yeah. Okay. So have you ever read uh, Edgar Allan Poe's The Cask of of the Amontillado? Yes. So that's actually uh, the same seal, same family seal that's mentioned in The Cask of the Amontillado. So when they started talking about that, I was like, ooh, that's a really good literary reference. Smart. Yes. Smart. Well, it it, it definitely. And I love those things. Yes. It is very, I mean, it's definitely, this had Poe vibes for me. For sure. Even before we even got to talking about the seal, right? For sure. Uh, It's such a great reference to the incest, right? We mm-hmm. learn we don't learn about the incest till way later, and right. it's like, oh, it's an infinity sign. It's just going back and mm-hmm. forth, and then you're like, oh, they fuck their cousins. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Molly gets it said. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought I definitely got Poe vibes from it, I, and I think that's really cool because um, you don't get a lot of Poe no. vibes. No, and I mean. This new well, because the, the genre has, you know, changed. Well, changed. You know? And, right. But I like this dark, gloomy mm-hmm. feel. I, yeah. Poe writes with this sense of hopelessness. Mm-hmm. And I feel like 
she nails that. Sylvia nails that feeling, yeah. that sense of hopelessness. Right. That, I mean, Naomi has no idea if she's getting the hell out of this. Right. Right? None. None and, whatsoever. Um, she even went to town, you know, and tr- but she was tracked the whole time. She right. had to go back. Right. It's just wild. Um, yeah. So did you like it? Minus the whole fact that this is like one of the scary books. Um, did you like it? Do I you think didn't you'll be another it. one of her books. Um, probably not, just because it's not my genre. But I think she's a really smart writer. Um, I loved the literary references. I thought she did a really great job of foreshadowing. Like this is the kind of book that I could bring into an English classroom. I mean, not in a high school or middle school, but like in a college, college English setting. class. Yeah. Um, and we could rip and discuss the hell out of this book because there's just so much there, and so the English teacher and the librarian in me like loved that side of it. Um, I didn't hate it. I don't know that I, that it was, it's not going to ever be a favorite book of mine, you know, Yeah. but I honestly think, so I'm listening to the bone garden, which we have coming up later this month. And to me, the bone garden is scarier. Yeah, um, it is. But that's like so much scarier thriller. than this one. That's that's like science fiction, uh, not science fiction. That's thriller, but there's like uh, there's historical fiction part of it. There's, yeah, there's crime in there. Like right, it, it, it's the Bone Gardens hits on a lot of different genres. Which right? Do you think this belongs in a horror genre, or do you think it's more science fiction? Oh yeah, it plays that line really close. It does. Like, and I think I said this last episode that you could be uh, genre fluid. This is 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 very genre fluid book. It's got sci fi, it's got that thriller aspect. Mm -hmm. There's mystery in here. Yeah. Uh, And I mean, there's also references. This was a good one to do after Frankenstein because there's also references of like building your companion, right? Right. Um, Like, yeah, I mean, there's. What's the author's name again? Sylvia Moreno Garcia or Moreno? Moreno Garcia, yeah. Moreno, like, Moreno, Moreno. I I would have to like actually look at her bio, but I would say that she has studied a lot of books. She's probably an English major, or if not, an, a master's of fi- English of fine arts, because um, just there's so much here where she's a smart writer. Uh-huh. And is this her first book due too? Do we know that? Um, New York Times bestselling author of critically acclaimed spectacular novel God of Jades and Shadow, Signal to Noise, Certain Dark Things, and The Beautiful Ones, and a crime novel called Untamed Shores. She has edited several anthropologies, including World Fantasy Award winner She Walks in the Shadows. She lives in British Columbia, it just says. Vancouver. Yeah, she's Canadian, Mexican-Canadian. So that's interesting. It is. Um, so she has a new book. So I think uh, Mexican Gothic won Best of the Year, according to The New Yorker, NPR, Damn. Washington Post, Book Page, Book Riot, Audiophile, I mean, Library Journal, Electro- Electric Lit, Vanity Fair, and Marie Claire. It is one of wow. the freshest. It is a fresh take on this genre for 100%, sure 100 it looks um, like she has a new book that came out um this i saw year. that yeah velvet was the night and that one starts in 19 it's in the 1970s in mexico city so um and that one just the cover looks a little scarier to me but i have to say um like i i like I just saw her uh short little bio uh-huh and um she's 40 
And so what the fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> I say this all the time. I say this Just all like- the time. I haven't finished a damn... Anyways. Um, oh, here we go. She's a she's a columnist for the Washington Post as well. Damn, so get listen, it, girl. Sylvia, listen. you are a rock star oh, lady. I was right. I was right. I was right. Um, she she. Oh no, her master's is not in English. What's it's it in? in? Science and technology. Okay, Ooh, you can see that. You can yes. see that. You can see that. Her thesis is available online. Magna Matter. Women and eugenic thought in the work of H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, okay. so I love H.P. Lovecraft. You yes! can feel that. So, oh, that makes okay. complete so, sense now. Oh, that okay. makes so much sense. Okay, yeah. So that makes I feel, so much sense. I, okay, yeah. I feel like we we are now good podcast people that we look this up as we're doing the podcast. Probably should have known. Uh, that it happens all but the time. Hey, but hey, um, Sylvia, yes. we love it. We will be more than happy to preview your next book if you come on. Yeah. Or, you Look. know, send us an art copy and we we're can getting, preview it. We're getting really big in um, Portugal and Ireland. So we do have fans. Shout out to our Portugal and Irish fans. <laughs> Portuguese. Is it Portuguese? I, yeah. I, um, sure. My friend, my dear friend, uh, her and her whole family just moved there. Hi, Hillary. And I asked her when that came up, I texted her and I sent her the screenshot and I go, are you just attacking every Irish person you see and telling them to download my podcast? She Hi. Goes, I'm trying. Hi, we're new to this country. Please listen to my friend's podcast. <laughs> Have a good day. <laughs> That's all. Um, so back to this book. What did you think of the symbolism of the staff not speaking? Um... I mean, it definitely shows the control that the uh, that the mushrooms have. That the that Virgil, not Virgil. What was the old man's name? I don't fucking know, man. Gosh, why are we are terrible podcasters today? Yeah, what the fuck is wrong with us? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Whatever his name was, I don't have a copy of it. Molly does because I listen. Keep keep talking. I'll find it. But I thought it was really interesting to just show that, like, outsiders could be so controlled. It wasn't the house staff being controlled that bothered me so much. Although, right. like, I, this is being made in a Hulu series. We'll probably talk about that a little bit later. But I can just picture, like, the the, the zombie faces and then they, like, start to wake up. Like, where the F yeah. am I? But um, uh, the fact that it controlled all of the miners right. was, was far more impressive right. to me. Like, an entire population of mexican miners was controlled by this power that these mushrooms gave him like i might need some of those mushrooms because like not to become a cannibal or an incestuous person but like i just need to be awake more right (laughs) so do you think it would help me with that maybe (laughs) i mean we could sure hell is try uh we are not advocating drug use friends no I mean, if it makes your heart happy. Uh, no, we're still not advocating drug use. <laughs> uh, oh, Howard is Virgil's... Howard. Fa- father. Howard. Howard. Leland is the... 300-year-old man. And Leland is the sister? That sounds right. Ruth. Ruth, no? is, the sis- Ruth is the daughter that killed herself. Killed everybody. Yeah. And... This is such a... Howard remarried Agnes. That's the second sister. Howard's first mm-hmm. wife... 
was Agnes. Okay, first wife was Agnes. Second wife was Alice, and they mm-hmm. had two children, Ruth and they and were Virgil. sisters. Agnes yep. and Alice were sisters. Yep, yep, yep. That sounds yeah. right. That sounds right. So, what did you think about the uh, servants being under this power? I thought that they had taken well. After like reading the whole book and looking back at it, I was like, oh. They ate so many mushrooms that they have no control over their body. That the yeah. they they are walking pieces of the house. I thought right. they were part fixtures of the house, and probably I'm surprised she didn't. Maybe she edited it out. I don't know. But hinting that the servants had a distinct smell might have helped. You know, give Naomi this hint that something wasn't right with them. Oh, Maybe yeah. making them smell like they were. Um, you know, decay. Well, because or... they talk about that with Howard. Right. Right. Decaying. And like, it, it feels like that the house is controlling the servants or Howard's right. controlling the servants, mm-hmm. not anyone else. And the fact that they can't speak, I think, is just the fact that they, they don't have enough power. Right. They can run the bodies and make them do the functions, but they right. don't have the brain capacity, you know? Right. They, they can't actually do the do the... They can't control their own no. emotions or thoughts or whatever. Like, they're completely under the spell. Right. Um, so, this is going to be ha- made into a Hulu show. It is. Mm-hmm. Do you think you'll watch it? I know I will, but... Uh, I mean, maybe sh- with Tom, because he and I, like, watch TV together and, like, mm-hmm. every show that we love besides The Rookie is, like, now not on TV anymore. Like, we're right. just down to The Rookie. Um so well, you guys are doing Doctor Who right now. Yeah, but I do not like the Twelfth Doctor, man. I'm struggling. <laughs> I'll find you a Doctor new show. I don't disappoint. <laughs> I I miss I miss Doctor Ele- the Eleventh Doctor and I know. Rory and um, Oh Pons, the Pons. Uh, yeah. Come along, Pons. Come along. Um, so you might and- watch it. I don't know. Probably not. Like, it's not going to be something that I'm, like, pushing for. But I'll have to say, like, I there's always Hulu series that I'm like, oh, that looks really good. And, like, I've literally only watched two original Hulu series. Like, I just haven't really. I don't know. Three. Like, three. Like, I've watched three. I feel like I've started a couple, and I feel let down by the second yeah. episode. I don't so, do Hulu for, like, their original content. I do it so that I can watch TV without having cable. Right. Same. Same. Um, although, I mean, honestly, I mean, honestly, we, we pay for Netflix so we could have like, you know, their original content. But right. all I do is rewatch Schitt's Creek. <laughs> so, they took Parks and Rec off of there. So now we own that oh, on our, we have that uh, oh, a digital no. copy of it because. Um, I didn't know that. Now I'm sad. Well, it's um, because of like the Peacock has yeah. it. Um, but I hope with note, man. Hope with note. Hope so. with note. Um, I will be very interested to see who they cast in this. Yeah, they haven't started any work on no. it, right? It's just like no, the it's IMDb, happening. Yeah, that's all we've the really IMDb known. page just says that it's like in pre-production. Mm-hmm. So um, casting will be interesting um, to see, and I really hope they go with a lot of lesser-known characters actresses and actors mm-hmm. i feel like sometimes we they shows like hulu and apple they take these big names to make the show get traction but they mm-hmm. don't have great content you know right um what the heck is the new mindy kaling show on netflix she, uh, the, um, never have i ever never have her yeah never have that show ever. is so good 
I've never seen so it. It's, on, it's been on my list since season one. Um, really it's so it. good. I enjoy. I haven't watched season two yet because momming ain't heart ain't for the faint of heart, but so good. And she used little to like very few actors and actresses yeah, but, on that show were very unknown. But I feel like you get away with that when the when the characters are younger. But I feel like right. when the characters are older, you kind of need someone established. I don't know. I have a very clear image of what I'm picturing Francis to look like. And so if he doesn't look like that, I'm just going right. to be like, what the fuck? Scrawny white dude? Scrawny white yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to have like an almost whitish blonde hair. Right. Well, And for some reason, red hues. Very sad, soft ones. Like that you can't. I can I get on like, board with that. I feel like at one point his hair was really red, and mm-hmm. like the at, the world has just taken the light out of him. And, and he needs to have express the same expressions that Robert Pattinson has when he's playing Edward, and he looks <laughs> like he's in pain because, like, that is basically in a nutshell who Francis is. <laughs> but Noemi better not come in with that Kristen Stewart shit because, like, no, because she's in pain. <laughs> No. Uh, so, um, do you have anything else? Um, let me see here. Um, I do. I love the way Naomi describes her own cousin. Like, you can see how much she loves her mm-hmm. throughout the book based off how she talks and speaks about her cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't talk about her much. Do you have any uh, feelings about the cousin and her uh, plot and all this? Francis, <clears throat> was it? Catalina. Catalina. I mean, so you might not agree with this, but I feel like Catalina's purpose in all of this is just to be the catalyst to get Noemi there. I don't think like their relationship is really, I mean, we get the story of how close they were when they were kids, Mm -hmm. but I don't have a feeling that they've been close for a while. Yeah. And I don't think it's just because Catalina has gone away with Virgil and has been living with him and married him and all that. There seems to be an age gap between Noemi and Catalina. And I feel like they've just been in two different places in their lives for so long that like, um, I, it's not that I don't think that they have an affectionate relationship. I just don't feel like Catalina's character is there to be like a, a a companion and sister like character Mm -hmm. so much as she is there to be the catalyst to bring Noemi to the house. So do you think Noemi wouldn't have came if the bribe wasn't absolutely she was not doing it. There's no way. I do not think so at all. I I mean, she did nice things for her. She went to get her the tincture. Yeah. The, you know, but which almost killed her. Right. Well, I mean, she was trying to break her attachment to the, to the bond of the house, yeah. Right. Um, and she did ask for a second physician, but I mostly think that she did all of those things because she had to do what she had to do so she could go to school to be an anthropologist. Right. I I also feel like the, the storyline of the mines and the miners and all that, while it gives us back history... Mm-hmm. On why they came, the Doyles came. Mm-hmm. It feels useless to me. It feels yeah. unnecessary. I mean, like, I guess it it tells you. Um, I mean, you get the idea that this family is cursed. They honestly could have said that her dad is like in the uh, Naomi's father is in the paint business, right? Mm-hmm. They could have taken the sister out and the miners out and said 
that Naomi has to go written this as Naomi has to go and build this bond with this family so that they can increase trades in mm-hmm. the UK for paint and the story would have been the same way. However, comma, however, um, Noemi's place would have never been that in the 1950s in Mexico. Right. right. She wouldn't have had any right. job. That's true. in Whoever she married would probably end up in her father's trade. Right. Um, but uh, I, I mean, obviously. Sounds like Francis is getting a new job. Well, I mean, what else is Francis going to fucking do with his life? Go back to the UK and find the rest of his family? <laughs> I mean, his family is Married literally a straight line. There's no there's no tree. It's just a straight line, right? So, I mean, and his family hasn't been in England for, what, 300 right. years? He so. was born there, so. Yeah. I don't know. Freaking well, I mean, I guess he's him. not 300 years old. That was just Howard that was 300 years old. So... We know there is the mold slash mushrooms running the house. Do you think the house mm-hmm. was also haunted? I, I don't know. I, feel I like have a hard time haunted. with that because I don't, I don't really. Uh, <laughs> you want to hear? Yes. <laughs> yes. So, you don't even have to so, say Yes. So I don't really believe in ghosts. I believe in evil spirits. I think that biblically there's a lot of evidence that proves proves that there are evil spirits and that there are demons. Um, But any time that Tom and I have talked into moving, like talk about moving into like old houses, especially like here in Virginia where there's like so many historical houses. I'm like, no, that's how that house is definitely haunted. He's like, you don't even believe in ghosts. And I'm like, it's haunted. 100% 100% of the house is haunted. Smudge it. Absolutely. It'll be fine. Absolutely haunted. You know enough, you, you have a friend that's a witch. Just ask her to come smudge it real quick. I don't even know what that means. But I do have a friend that's a witch. Sage it. It sages the house. Oh, it burns okay. away the bad juju and all that. Okay. And it smells lovely. Um, final thoughts. If you have nothing else on this book. Um, I think this book, I'm glad I read it. Um, it's a very popular book. I don't always get to read adult popular books. Right. <laughs> Usually him only reading the teen books. Um, and a lot of times that's by choice. I'm glad I read it. I didn't hate it. Um, it's not my favorite book that I've read this year. Um, I haven't read a lot of scary books that I've liked and I did like this one. So that's mad props to the author. And I think a lot of that reason that is- to me for picking it for you. <laughs> Look, did you write it? No. Rude. <laughs> All right, you get a little credit. You get a little credit for me. Because I forced you to read it for the pod. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, the reason I liked it is not because of it being scary or whatever. I liked it because she was so smart in her writing. and like, It was very I appreciate was so smart writing. So how about you? Final thoughts? Um, I'll probably pick up another one of her books for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like her writing. I can see her influences mm-hmm. now that you said something about her. Like I could feel Poe right away, but the HP mm-hmm. Lovecraft stuff is after you mentioned her, like her thesis. Yeah, I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would really be interested to see her use science and blend it into more of her storylines. Yeah. I, I don't need this thriller stuff. Like that's not always my jam, but I right. like the historical settings. I like it set in the past. I love that kind of thing. So I thought, um, I thought that she was going to get more into the eugenics. Yeah. Uh, because the books were so heavily mentioned in it. 
And basically the only thing that she came up with that had to do with the eugenics was like the only way to keep this bloodline pure is to like keep it in the bloodline, which now that I know she has a master's that family in tree don't eugenics, branch, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but now that I know she has a master's in eugenics, it makes me concerned as to what well, this and might I feel like, be her I actual thought. <laughs> but imagine her um, putting a bunch of that in and handing it to an editor and her going, nobody gonna understand this shit. Take it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you're probably right about that. You're probably right about that. I, I kind of thought they were building to building a person more like Frankenstein. Right. And I guess they sort of were by like taking, well, putting, I, I would have liked more information on, into Francis and right. I would have liked more information about how he actually did that, how he transferred himself into another body. We'll never know. Right, but, like, the end there was so fast-paced that she, like, completely left that part out. Right. Um, right. But I, I thought that I thought it was really smart writing, and I did enjoy the it was book. Good. I did as well. I did as well. Yeah. And um, I'm impressed you liked it, because I was nervous putting this on the list. <laughs> I really was. I mean, the, the, when you told me you wanted to do a month of spooky reads, I was nervous from the beginning. <laughs> I am very thankful, though. I got to tell everybody, I was trying to convince Molly to pick, like, a traditional scary books, like Stephen King. Right. Um, because I thought that would be, like, much more appealing to our audience. And I'm 100% thankful that you didn't, because how the fuck would I have read that book? Like, well, how would I have gotten through it? I feel like, but okay, so this is a great conversation. What makes this spooky? Is it mm-hmm. our point of view? Is it... Does it, it? It is definitely fitting for the month of October. Mm-hmm. If somebody yeah. is looking for something creepy and weird to read right. and, it, during this month, hell right. yeah, that's spooky. Right. It, I think, I mean, everybody reads Stephen King all the time. That right. is a cross-genre fan favorite. But I feel like when you talk about spooky season, it's analyzing things that not it may not come across your desk every day, right? Yeah, and uh, with Stephen King, I've actually read two Stephen King books, um, and neither of them were scary. Which ones? Um, uh, the Green Mile. Okay, yeah, I and, didn't think it was scary, but that's supernatural. That's like yeah, and I can't. Oh, um, Shawshank Redemption. Yep. Which both of those books are? Um, they were published as short collection, like short story collections, yeah. like a, a, in a magazine over a period of time. Mm-hmm. I guess that technically I read a third book because he wrote a children's book um, that's like more fantasy, like there's dragons and stuff. Right. In it, and I read that's that when I was called. I read that when I was a kid. Um, but I would never pick up like The Shining. No, fuck that. It would definitely be in the freezer. Like it would <laughs> it would be like straight up like friends. Like I would put it in the freezer like Joey does. Um uh, that would not be my thing. But this one, yeah, I mean, this was definitely something I could enjoy. Um, I just wish the narrator was more, like, was. I wish the narrator was better. Mm-hmm. But other than that. Good. Well, that's it. Oh, wait, next week, guys. Next week. Neil Gaiman, The Graveyard Book. Yes. Um, if you haven't read this, pick up the physical book. Well, I did. Illustrations I, are in it. The illustrations are in it, which are really beautiful, which I'll show off next week. Um, there's also a full cast production audiobook, which I listened mm-hmm. to that along with skimming in this book. And the full cast production was fantastic. I are enjoyed you, it immensely. So I think that the full cast version is not what I have available to me on Hoopla because I have two I have it on audio narrators. 
Okay, well, there are two narrators, but one of them is actually Neil Gaiman. So I thought that would be... Um, Neil Gaiman does the, uh, like, final thoughts and author's notes at the end. Oh. So when it's a full cast, like, each of the ghosts has, like, their own... Yeah. Yeah. What? That sounds amazing! It's so good. Uh, he, so I don't good. know if you, if anyone saw this, sorry to side note here, but Neil Gaiman's Good Omens, which Molly and I are both fans of the show, and I, I haven't actually the read the book. so much. Um, but the audiobook is coming out with a full cast, and it's starring Michael Sheen and David Tennant from yes, the show. It's so good. It's going to be amazing. Um, All right, sorry. Go back to right. next week. My okay, bad. So next week is um, The Graveyard Book. Mm-hmm. It's award-winning it's gonna be amazing i really it won the newberry everybody this is very exciting for children's librarian it is it is for 10 and up so Mm -hmm. um we will try and keep language but i make no promises you guys know that uh (laughs) yeah we won't be able to keep language (laughs) but i look forward to having this discussion next week because i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed it i'm excited um till next and then we're gonna wrap out we're gonna wrap out this spooky month book uh season with the bone Bone garden gardens by tess um by grishin 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 i've already heard grishin she's okay i don't know um she does like risolio and isles she wrote um she writes will trent series Oh, um, cool. I've, I actually had to look up if that was the same series that Bones was based on because they started talking. And then I was like, oh, no, that main character is also is named Temperance Brennan, like the show. <laughs> um, Not I got, April. <laughs> I got this like out of Amazon's used book mm-hmm. um, thing. And the owner left me a note on the invoice about how much he enjoyed this. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. I'm finding that one to be pretty scary, but um, I, it I, is, I'm not hating it. But it, it is. is um, I won't do too spoilery, but there is a lot going on. Let's yeah. just say that. Follow us on TikTok, everybody. We're on TikTok. <laughs> uh, also, I want to say, um, leave us a review uh, or uh, yes. like on your podcast platform because it does help. It boosts the pod. It boosts us up. It really helps us, and you want more of us? We'll give you more of us, but you, you got to help us. Help us help you. Help and us shout out to you. Portugal and Ireland who have embraced <laughs> us. Thanks, y'all. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Till next week, besties. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Views discussed here are those of Molly and April and not those of anyone else. Today's book was Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Morano Garcia. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins. Editing by Thomas Watkins. And music is Halloween Pumpkin from PurplePlanet.com. Don't forget to follow the book besties on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. If you would like to contact the book besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com. 